radical left has taken over the Democratic Party. Hello and welcome to Think Progressively, covering politics and all the other chaos life has to offer. This is episode 53, recorded on Friday, October 22nd from Milwaukee. I'm Joe. And I'm Jason. And on today's episode, we discuss the question, what does it mean to be patriotic? And is that actually a good thing? But first, the headlines. Da-da-da, da-da-da. Headlines. Sports Center. Sport, sport lines. The fact is that everything he's saying so far is simply a lie. I'm not here to call out his lies. Everybody knows he's a liar. First up in headlines, Manchin is absolutely shocked that the Republicans filibustered, again, a voting legislation bill. This is the trimmed down version that Joe Manchin himself authored. He's so well respected on both sides of the aisle, Joe. Not one single Republican voted for it. So let's talk a little bit about this bill. This was the Freedom to Vote Act. Like Jason said, this was actually authored by Joe Manchin and was a scaled back version of the H.R. 1 bill we talked about several months ago. It did a couple things that HR1 was going to do as well as some new things as well. As far as a summary for this, it made Election Day a federal holiday. It required same-day registration um, in all states for polling locations. It ensured two weeks of absentee ballots for any elections, for all, for all federal elections. It protected election officials from being actually ousted out for any political reasons, as well as banning partisan gerrymandering. I wonder why the Republicans wouldn't want that. <laughs> right, exactly. All of the things that are 100% opposed to what they have been pushing in legislation for the past year. And shocking to absolutely no one, the bill lost in a 49 to 51 vote. All actually Senate Republicans voted against it and all Senate Democrats voted for it, except for Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, who actually changed his vote over at the end to a no so that bill could be brought up later for another vote. And until the filibusters are formed, there's no point in doing that. Well, no, not at all. I mean, we even had so like Senator Lisa Murkowski, who was probably one of the main Republicans who have signed on to this type of bill, also voted no against it. Susan Collins also voted no against Against it. They said they wanted to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act instead, but... Sure they did. Right, exactly. The one that's even less popular among Republicans. Right, exactly. So this is just a bunch of nonsense, and I'm so done with Manchin's bipartisan optimism with this, because they're not helping at all. They don't do anything for us. Nope. It's, they don't pass anything. They don't do anything. Their job literally is to just keep the status quo. And let's be real here, too. So this was an extremely pared-down version of H.R. 1, which Republicans called a super extreme power grab back when that was being debated. Well, guess what? They just said the exact same thing about this now, where literally Mitch McConnell said, and I quote, it is my hope and anticipation that none of us will vote for this latest iteration of democratic efforts to take over how every American votes all over the country. Translated from Terrapin. But this is the the simmered down version of H.R. 1, and they're still doing the same nonsense with it. So they don't care about this at all. They don't care about actually trying to find compromise at all with this. No, and they'll hide behind, oh, this is a question for the states. It's not a federal issue. Meanwhile, in every state that it can possibly be passed in, they are pushing for and passing voting rights legislation that is exactly the opposite of what's in this bill. Well, literally, I mean, election integrity is like the big thing with them right now. That's why we do 100% need to pass a federal voting rights bill and we need to get rid of the filibuster to do that and it should happen it has to happen we have 
one year to do it. Yep. Well, and what makes me even more upset was that Biden was getting involved with this bill before the vote as well, and still nothing happened. The White House declared that this was a White House priority to get this bill passed because Manchin and Cinema signed on to it, and nothing happened. Then what are you doing? I'll tell you what he's doing. Because that's a great segue <laughs> into our next one. Complimenting your own segues. Man. I was. I was. Because yesterday, Biden held a town hall in Baltimore. Did you watch this? I did. I had to watch it at 1.5 speed, but well, uh, I yeah. got through it. What were your thoughts on it? It was all right. I don't know what the point of it was. The I think the questions were really biased. Oh, yeah. I, even as like a biased person myself, I can acknowledge that, too. Yeah. I mean, they were questions that sounded like they were written by Joe Biden's speechwriters. <laughs> right. Exactly. And one of my weirdest things about it was he so he called out Mansion Cinema a lot throughout the town hall, but he kept going on this whole thing about bipartisanship, even with all that happening. So he very clearly came out against abolishing the filibuster. He's like, well, we should reform it. But like, I don't know. He didn't do much with it. Yeah. At one point, he said he would be willing to talk about filibuster reform, not only just for voting rights, but maybe beyond that. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> There's where Anderson Cooper it. needs to jump in and, and really try to get some details, but I don't think that's what he was there for. It seemed to be just kind of a big PR event. It really did seem like that, didn't it? I'm a Republican, and I want to know what you are going to do to stop these Repu- I mean, um... <laughs> I mean, line, line. <laughs> Who wrote this? This doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, so we didn't get too much of substance. Uh, I love the part where he talked about the hardest thing that he ever had to do when he was in the Senate. His big accomplishment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> banning assault rifles. Yeah. When people were asking, like, so we get, is this bipartisan infrastructure bill the hardest thing you ever had to do in the Senate? Well, no, because I've been so long. The hardest thing I had to do was banning assault weapons. And we did it. <laughs> and we got it accomplished. Yeah. How's that And going? then it was undone very shortly. I say after. immediately undone. By the next president. Good job. <laughs> Ugh, whatever fine like most things with biden i don't really care what he has to say it could be and has been i mean most of his speeches i've been on board with but what is he actually going to accomplish well and that's what we talked about as well where like his rhetoric is actually very nice for what we want even as progressives it's much better than i thought it was going to be the problem is he's not actually doing anything which really irks me because that was the whole point of why we should elect biden right over somebody like bernie sanders bernie sanders or elizabeth warren because he actually could get things done right well so far no yeah we're waiting and a couple of the topics that came up were, hey, this has been removed from your bill already. The yeah. 12 weeks of family leave going down to four weeks. Well, the education stuff as well. Getting rid of my favorite part of that entire bill and the thing that I would have utilized. Well, I, I love this. community college. And I love this. I honestly don't know if he was trying to stall or like distract or he literally just got lost in his own rambling. <laughs> But it was like, or the question was all about like, yeah, you know, we need um, community college to be paid for because always we're going to see more and more disparity when it comes to education levels. He moved, he tried to pivot it and be like, well, that's why we're doing free pre-K. Right. But he got so <laughs> lost. Like, that's not what and she then, had. Right. And then Anderson Cooper had come back to say, well, h- hang on, Mr. President. Like, the, the question was about college. Yeah, I'm, was, I'm going to get there. It's he, fine. He was. Come yeah, on, man. He was trying to politician his way out of that. And he got lost in his own politicking. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, yes, I believe that education is important. That's why we still have this other education part of the bill. Yeah, but what about the thing she asked about? Well, and I thought he was going to talk about like, how like, he was going to have like free schooling for like everyone up until college, and he just never got there. Like, all right, you're just you're all Grandpa Joe, I guess. And at one point, he said the words, "Where am I?" <laughs> right. <laughs> Should never, never do that if you're Joe Biden. Well, he also did something where what was it? It was the certain university several speakers were at too. It was um, you remember what university it was? Started with an M, I think. I. I know what you're saying. Yeah, but I, I don't but he's remember. like, oh yeah, that one. And he kept thinking like, he confused it with like Delaware University or something like that, it was, or the University of Delaware. And he's like, oh yeah, I keep doing that. I don't know why I keep forgetting to do that. I'm like, don't say that. <laughs> what are you doing? My uh, memory is not what it used to be. Right. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't bad. It's just it ain't gonna do jack for him anyway. And especially now when you have his um, approval rating still kind of tanking, like it's he needs to be better. He needs to do something. Yeah, they need to get this bill passed and stop hemorrhaging all of the decent proposals we've already lost a big part of the climate aspects of the bill and who knows if it sounds like all of this is being done to keep joe manchin on board but nobody even knows about kirsten cinema literally nobody knows about kirsten cinema like what is she even doing i don't know joe like why just... don't we segue into our next story oh you're doing that <laughs> Again, you're, t- you're telling me about how I'm proud of my own segue. Are you serious right now? <laughs> I wasn't praising it. I was oh, just trying okay. to lead you there. Got you. Got you. you. Yeah. Well, why don't you, why don't you do it since it was your amazing segue? Well, like- speaking of Kristen Cinema. <laughs> Five of her advisors resigned, writing a very scathing letter calling her one of the principal obstacles to progress. These five advisors are all former military veterans who were volunteers on her advisory board. And the letter that they wrote to her was obtained by the New York Times. They said that the same things we've been hearing from all of her constituents, even some of those who followed her into the bathroom the other week, saying that she's not listening to her constituents, that she's only answering to her big money donors. And they said they were being you they felt they were being used as props because she could point to them and their military service. And she wasn't listening to what they had to say. She's just using them to advance her political agenda. But wait, what's even her agenda right now? So like they're okay. So for example, well, when they I'm assuming when they joined her campaign, it was to be elected at this point to become a lobbyist or i have no idea (laughs) i i really liked um a marvel villain yes i'm not sure i really like dan pfeiffer's analysis on positive america about this where he was calling her well he took it from someone else as well but he was calling her a um contrarian without a cause where she's intentionally just screwing everybody over without any direction any reason for it and no one knows why where again at least with joe manchin we know why but as of right now you have your you have her fighting against any type of like voting rights legislation as well you have her going against all the infrastructure legislation you have her completely reversing her ship on tax reform right now Yeah, after being one of the loudest voices against the trump tax cuts she is now the only obstacle in the way of even reducing them at all right which i i don't even understand and then on top of that you have the prescription drug prices as well which she's like fighting hardcore against i'm like what are you even doing what do you even stand for right now and those are the two things that would pay 
pay for this entire bill. Right. I I don't get it. So I totally get why her advisors left because they probably can't make heads or tails of this either. It seems like now she's only out for corporate interests, which I mean, you're in the wrong party for the most part. There is a party that is just outright for corporate interests and you wouldn't have any conflicts at all. But even then, like she doesn't even align with them either. And I just, I don't even get it. She needs to go. I don't know. That thumbs down <laughs> that she gave a few months ago. Like like Joe Manchin's infuriating, but cinema needs to go out of the, both of them because she's well, and awful. They can easily replace her with another Democrat. Well, they're trying. Yeah, she needs, unfortunately, she's not up uh, for two or three years, not till 2024. Mm-hmm. But yes, I everyone is already clamoring to give money to her primary opponent. If you are looking to begin a political career and you need funding, running against Kirsten Cinema in Arizona is probably a way to do it if you're even somewhat progressive. Well, and you don't even have to be that progressive. Just be a competent, straight-minded person. Just feel like maybe corporations should pay a higher tax rate than the average citizen. Ah. So let's move on from someone we wish would die of COVID to someone who did die of COVID. Oh, oh my. Colin Powell. So for many of you may have known, Colin Powell recently died of COVID complications. He played a pivotal role in United States history, including you know, a push to go to war in Iraq and to spread the idea that Saddam Hussein was attempting to acquire nuclear weapons. His speech to the UN was one of the major reasons why we ended up going to war with Iraq. And certainly he does have some positive accomplishments First black chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, first black secretary of state. Yep. Seemed for all the world to be a very accomplished, earnest statesman. He did use a lot of that leverage to push for the war in Iraq, and he'll always have to deal with that as a big part of his legacy. But instead of talking about his life, that's been gone over ad nauseum on the past few days. I want to talk about what his death is bringing out uh, in people and what the narratives around it are being spun. Well, and this is the unfortunate thing about this because I've heard more about his death, like the talk around his death, than I actually heard about him himself. And it was just so sad to see like this is what our country does right now. And I'll let you get into the specifics of it, but it just, it was really bad. So the, the main thing and the reason everyone's talking about it is he was fully vaccinated for COVID and yet he died of COVID. COVID complications, and that's being used to push, well, the vaccines don't even work anyway, so why are we bothering with mandates? Right. My big question is, are people, are the anti-vaxxers just now realizing that people that are vaccinated are still dying of COVID? Colin Powell is not the first, not even close to the first person to die who was fully vaccinated of COVID. He had a rare form of blood cancer, multiple myeloma, which both caused him to be more susceptible to severe effects of COVID and made the vaccine less effective specifically for him. You can find people who don't have that much complication that are fully vaccinated, otherwise healthy, and still died of COVID. Right. You don't have to go to this example, which is just automatically has all of these caveats, which don't work in your favor. But he's famous, I guess? So they want to use this? But this is 
is exactly a point for us. So this is why everyone should get vaccinated. So people like him would not get COVID in the first place. Exactly. This is why your choice to not get vaccinated is not a personal choice. You affect other people. Colin Powell came in contact with someone while vaccinated who gave him COVID. It's not a personal choice. It is spread between people. It's not magic. It doesn't come like the tooth fairy in the middle of the night, put a COVID dollar under your pillow. So everyone needs to be vaccinated in order to protect people with weakened immune systems and people that can't be vaccinated or the vaccine would not be effective for them. Well, and I will say this as well. I mean, I'm not a big one to say like the media got something wrong or whatever it may be, but I will say from what I've seen, I saw a lot of media outlets not publicize his cancer as a reason why he actually died from his COVID complications. It was literally just Colin Powell died. He was vaccinated. And then like either they would omit it completely or they would just have like way at the bottom of the article. And it was unacceptable that they would not explain that right from the get go. So yes, while anti-vaxxers were actually spreading tons of misinformation and using this as evidence to leverage their misinformation, the media did no favors at all for us. And for those that are vaccinated, when you're in public, even though you're vaccinated, you can still get COVID and you can still spread it. So you still have to be responsible, wear a mask when you're in public spaces, socially distance, do anything you can to keep everyone safe. It's not about you. If you wear a mask, it's not to keep you safe. It's the point of it being there is when you talk, when you breathe, to keep your droplets and things coming out of your mouth and nose to you. The mask will stop that and make that area smaller. It's not to keep you safe from other people. So everybody who's mad at people that are wearing masks and saying, oh, you're afraid, they're not doing it for them. They're actually doing it to try to protect you and you're just being a dick. But again, they don't care. If you're mad at people for wearing a mask, you don't care about any of that anyway. You just think it's all about control and the mark of the beast or something. But if Colin Powell's death is going to mean something to anybody, that's what it should mean. That one, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. It's not over. It's not like it was back in July when spread was pretty low. It's it's bad. It's as bad as it was when we started shutting everything down. And you still need to be responsible. We still need the people are still dying. Yes. Not enough people are vaccinated to really make a dent in community spread. And we need to stop listening to quacks and conspiracy theorists and start listening to the majority medical opinion. Couldn't agree more. So let's talk about somebody else we wish would die of COVID. <laughs> Jesus. The U.S. House of Representatives recently voted to hold Trump ally Steve Steve Bannon in criminal contempt for defying his subpoena in relation to the January 6th riots. So Steve Bannon is trying to claim that he needs to wait until the issue of executive privilege is addressed in the courts before he can respond to the subpoena. Steve Bannon is not the president. Nope. Steve Bannon was not working for the president in January 6th. He does not have a legitimate claim to executive privilege. Well, that's never stopped him before. No, and I don't think, honestly, if you want my opinion, I don't think anything's going to come of this. Yeah, it was nice that they voted, I suppose. They even got nine Republicans to sign on. They did. It was a vote of 229 to 202. But it's going to go to the Department of Justice now, and I doubt they're going to do anything because I'm guessing they're going to be too scared of that issue of executive privilege. 
Well, I do feel like since Merrick Garland has been pretty harsh on the violators during the January 6th riots, I feel like he would try to do something about it. I guess we'll see. You can Garland's got optimist. a bone to pick. He is. He's going to go all out, man. He's got vengeance. I'll go be get America. And, and we'll see. Go get America. You got it. Do your duty. He already looks like he's been in jail for a few years. Bannon or Bannon? Oh, okay. Oh, totally. 100%. Already pardoned by Donald Trump, by the way, Steve Bannon. Once. Not for this obviously the but. best people right <laughs> it's always about the best people guys isn't that nice and i have to hear that anymore <laughs> oh jeez. Oh. oh see I'm man just- we're all about the segues today <laughs> We may have to hear about it after Trump recently announced Trump Media and the Trump Technology Group. It's, it's just Trump Media and Technology Group. That's stupid. TMTG. Oh, my God. That's dumber than I thought it was. Teenage, okay. I mean, Trump Media Technology Group. Da-da-da-da-da-da. And copyright claim. Okay, well, apparently Trump announced the Trump Media. No, God. Oh, the Trump. What? There's no the. There should be a the there. Trump announced Trump Media and Technology Group. There's no the. The name is stupid stupid trump is stupid um it's also gonna Every, be, oh the kids are just gonna thing, say tmtg though this whole yeah i'm sure that's what the kids will say these days <laughs> Their main thing is actually a social media app called Truth Social, which is a competitor to Twitter based on a Mastodon code. Mastodon is... An, it's a band. It is also a death metal band. I thought that's what you were talking about, and I was really confused when I was reading your notes. <laughs> no, so, it's, it's uh, a open source social media app, and they basically just are using that. Like They didn't even modify it that much, according to the creator of Mastodon. And they've also already violated their licensing oh did they uh because being open source source software the open source license says you can use this software but you have to keep the source code open and since they didn't keep it open they they are saying that all of their source code for truth social is proprietary they are actually violating the license interesting now what's all this about how they're already being digitally vandalized (laughs) so it's not scheduled to launch until 2022 beta testing has not begun but they did have a test site up and some people figured out how to create accounts including donald j trump which then posted a picture of a pig defecating on its testicles what we'll just say that (laughs) oh my god yes um which is a very good digital representation of the type of stuff that donald trump says so i'm not sure that we're positive it wasn't actually donald trump Um, but it's being called uh, digital vandalism. Now, what's interesting about this is actually this is direct competition for his supreme fanboy, Mike Lindell's website. Oh, sure. Everyone's using Mike Lindell's website. You know what's interesting, though? I'm now seeing billboards in my area, like when I'm driving around, for frankspeech.com. Have you been seeing any of these? No. Yeah, I literally, like last I night. I also haven't gone anywhere. Okay. But literally, last night, just off of the highway outside Milwaukee, I saw a big billboard for or frankspeech.com with a promo code WI. Why do you need a promo code? What is he charging for on Frank's? I thought it was a free website to use. What's happening? And why is he doing it in this area? Maybe you get a better MyPillow coupon. I was, I thought it was a MyPillow billboard at first. No, it was just straight up Frank speech. I was losing my mind last night. I thought I almost stopped to take a picture because I was so confused by the billboard. Well, there's so many of these. There's a parlor, Gab. There's all of these right wing social media alternatives. Eight-coon, I think. Eight-coon. Yeah. That are supposed to be, oh, we're free speech. But yet, of course, if you look at the terms of service of truth social, you cannot disparage any of the people associated with 
the app. So, of course, Donald Trump or the <laughs> app itself or the site uh, or you'll be banned. But they're all about free speech. Oh, my God. Oh, now that's Trump in a nutshell. Yep. Instead of tweets, they're called truths. So <laughs> you post truths and you can retruth something. It's very nice. Oh, Jesus. And there's no... This is the most boomer thing I've ever heard besides frankspeech.com. <laughs> there's no identif- identity verification. One of the people that were able to somehow get into the site and register, registered as Mike Pence. So, and obviously Donald J. Trump as well. Of course, so, yes. Yeah. Uh, it sounds great. Not going to be abused at all. And also, this is that's just the Twitter version of their, their media empire. So what, are they going to make a Facebook version as well? No, there's also going to be... Truth book. TMTG Plus, their streaming service. Don't know where they ripped that off from. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Which will include movies, TV shows, and podcasts. Maybe we found a new home, Joe. <laughs> Check us out now on TMTG. TMTG. I can't even say it fast. <laughs> TMTG Plus. TMNT Plus. I mean. T- and we're a copyright truck again. Dang it. <laughs> That's it. Let's go on to the mate segment. I'm done with these. I'm done talking about Trump. That was really a pr- productive segment, wasn't it? It's hard to get any word in with this clown. In the United States, at least, we are just inundated with patriotic messages and messaging. We're told to be patriotic and to love our country and to love the people of our country all love the time. Love it or leave it. it. Right, literally. And we wanted to ask the question, what does it actually mean to be patriotic? And is being patriotic a good thing? I've actually been thinking about this question for a couple of years now. And it actually started in our former group, Jason. I led a discussion about the political compass test, where I took several questions from the political compass question questionnaire and pose it to our entire group so we could discuss it and actually have like a group-based political compass test. It was actually really cool. Not trying to do my own horn or anything. Did it come out extremely right-wing? No, <laughs> not at that time. No, no, not then. Hmm. That's because our that's leaders. Strange. That's because our leaders weren't taking being involved in that conversation. It was all the other cool people. But one of those that I picked out was I am proud of my country and I'm proud to be like a member of my country. And we had to agree or disagree with it. And I remember specifically seeing almost everybody disagree with the notion that they were proud to be a part of their country. And then one person who was agreeing with being a proud to be a part of their country, or it's a good thing to be a patriot. So I want to dive into what patriotism is for us, how we describe it, how Americans describe it compared to other people throughout the country or throughout the world. And do we consider that an actual good thing? So Jason, I want to start with you. What do you think patriotism actually is, or at least how we should probably define it for this discussion? Sure. I feel that it is feeling some connection to your, either your birthplace or your, where you currently live and that it is meaningful to you for whatever reason. It could be a variety of reasons. I, I agree with that. Yeah. It doesn't have to give like a specific reason. It's just that the action or the feelings are there. Right. That there is some reason why, I mean, if you want to say proud, I think that word proud is where a lot of people go like, well, how can you be proud of like just the place that you happen to be born if you are still living in the country you were born in, which we both were born in the U.S., which I have to say in case I ever run for president. It was really boring, Kenya. But um, 
it's it's that idea of being proud you know it's like well are you are you proud to be your race you know like well it's not really an accomplishment i can be proud of it but you can take some sort of connection to or like it's part of your identity to be of that nationality or or to be of that country i think i'd agree with that so let me ask you this do you think personally that you could be proud of your own country i mean given like better for worse is it possible for you to be proud of your country it would have to be proud of something just that it's america no but am i proud that we passed the civil rights bill in the 60s yes am i proud you know like something specific about america things i can be proud of things i can be not proud of that's kind of you know what it would have to be for me you can't just say well are you proud to be an american i don't know what that means like what aspect of being an american am i supposed to be proud of there are things that I really like about America. There are things that I really don't like about America. Some things, yeah, proud of what though? There has to be some some other question there, not just that it exists and I'm a part of it. Well, and so that's kind of where I get hung up on. So for me, at least, I get hung up on the word proud or pride. I, I feel like having national pride is a very weird thing that I don't think I could have. And not because I don't think I could be proud of it. I think it's just because of how I define the words. So like what you're saying is you have to have some kind of accomplishment to be attached to the nation itself in order to feel any type of pride. Some qualifier, not just Not just the fact the that it's country. a nation itself. Yeah, right. Like I am very proud of a lot of the national natural resources we have in the United States and our national park system. And so for me, I consider pride in something that I've done that I've accomplished or that I've taken any kind of part in. So when it comes to the past accomplishments of our country, I had no part in that. So it's hard for me to be proud of the history of the United States. It's hard for me to be proud of anything that I don't have any part in per se. So the idea of having pride in my country and what it's done, I just, I don't see it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But now, and I've been trying really hard to figure out, like, am I proud of my country or can I be proud of my country? And I tried to bring it down to even more local levels where, okay, maybe the abstract of country is too big. Maybe we're bringing it down smaller. Are we proud of our cities, our communities, our schools that we are part of, our families, our friend circles? Can we be proud of those? Because at the end of the day, nations are just groupings of people. And I think we can be proud of our associations associations to other people. Therefore, it is possible then to be proud of your actual country. Or is it actually irrational to simply not be proud of a group of people? I don't know. Pride just as a concept of being a member of those things? Yes. Sure, you can. I don't know that it's personally the way i choose to use that term but i wouldn't be too upset at other people for saying like they're proud to be a member of of some group i I, that's fine i don't know it's not the way i would use it i guess again i i would refer more to specific aspects of a group rather than just membership in a group but but i think they would do that too i'm saying like is it is it just possible to be proud of the group at all or is it always based on individual accomplishments and i don't think that's the case i think it is about being proud of a group and if that's the case then great that means we have something that we can work off of because at the end of the day again nations are just large groupings of people whether larger or smaller they're still just groups of people and i don't want to go into the weeds of this but in literally on the 
the way here, I was thinking about how this all coalesces with what's called social identity theory. And the idea is how we perceive ourselves and have our own identity formed is based on the groups that we associate with and compare ourselves to. So when we have pride in anything that we do, our belief systems or whatever we come into contact with, we compare that to the associations of our own groups that we are a part of, as well as the groups that we are not a part of. So say, for example, I have a lot of value in my way of thinking as a Democrat. It's not my only feature, but I do. And I also look at other people as a Democrat or Republican, and I look at it versus, oh, you're good because you're a Democrat because that's my group, or you're bad because you're a Republican that's not my group. Now, there's a lot more nuance to it, but that's the general idea of what social identity theory is. But this is the same way how countries are perceived as well, where all the time we hear, especially in America, that America is the greatest country in the world. America is always the best. <laughs> America is number one. USA. Oh, yeah, USA. right. Kind of. I mean, now, granted, other countries do it differently than the United States does, but this is what social identity theory does. It takes the tribalistic attitudes that we've evolved throughout you know, millennia and basically turns it into more organized structures within different groups of people. So for us, we have our idea of what it is to be proud to be an American based on our comparisons to other countries we view throughout the world. So then that brings me to patriotism, where we have like incessant amounts of pride in your own country, in your own group, or whatever tribe you want to call it to be. And we can a lot use a lot of group psychology to actually describe different aspects of patriotism. But I think it's different when you have such big groups of people. So I want to ask if you can be proud of your country, which I think we are agreeing that you can be, is it good to be patriotic? Well, I think we definitely run into, and this is if you do any sort of searching around on the topic, you'll run into the big question, which is, is it patriotism or is it nationalism? Agreed. Or Jangoism or whatever it may be. Where you're talking less about any kind of accomplishment and just literally being a member of the group. And I think that's kind of what separates, to me, patriotism and nationalism. And I think what we see, in, and we're talking about, you know, this movement that sprung up, it's always been there, but specifically in the Trump presidency, this idea of being a patriot and how every, it's used in marketing nonstop, like guns and Trump and the American flag. And it's all about being a patriot and loving your country and not liking those socialists. And <laughs> it's such an overblown concept. And they're just projecting their version of what they think America should be about, which is this bombastic, give the middle finger to everybody else and have my machine guns and screw Obama. And that's that's what it means to be a patriot when that's certainly not what anyone else would agree. It's not what I agree is being a patriot. And I'm just as American and a member of the country as they are. And obviously, the majority of the country, as we saw in this last election, does not agree that that's what it means to be an American is to, you know, be that stereotypical gun toting, beer chugging. <laughs> I say this as I'm drinking. Drinking a beer. Well, it's a bougie beer. <laughs> it is. It is a craft beer. I don't lose any 
of my cred. But that idea of patriotism that the conservative right has really glommed onto and is being used by companies like you saw the Black Rifle Coffee Company. There's so many companies that cater to that specific idea. You see it. Have you seen like some of the the campaign ads that are coming out? They're absolutely ridiculous. On the Republican side? Yes. They're all like, well, you saw that we talked about the Dan Crenshaw one. We did. Where he was like a spy in the tuxedo. He was taking down Antifa for America. And they all involve guns. Like the there was a Laura Boebert one where, you know, she carries a gun to Margie, the... Margie Tara Green just gave away a 50 cal. Right, where she blew up a car. The car had said like socialism or something, didn't it? Yep. And there was just another one I saw about a, someone in Nevada who literally it said Lady Trump. Like she was using that because that's oh, yeah, what someone yeah, yeah. called her. Yep. But it was the same thing. Guns and American flags and explosions. That's patriotism to half the country about. It's the symbolism. And to me that's i mean we're getting very close to nationalism and trump used the term nationalism and said we should use nationalism and what's wrong with nationalism well that's when you talk about not you know doesn't matter what happens it doesn't matter what america does uh, in the the one uh drone strike the the hopefully one of the final drone strikes in afghanistan where we killed that entire family yes seven children 10 people wrong the wrong people they had the wrong intelligence even though they were watching him all day yeah they thought it was like a a, a terrorist outlet and they bombed a family thing on vacation right they thought it was a car bomb and it was a guy bringing water home he worked for a relief organization okay there you go thank you and his kids you know were were all in the car and killed 10 people is it patriotic to say that that's a good thing because well it's it's something america did that's done in the name of all of us all of the citizens of the United States, we are all in a way responsible for that. That action was done in our name. Should you just be like, yep, that's America. And I guarantee you there are a lot of people that would say, yep, shouldn't have been there. Shouldn't have looked like a, a Terry. I mean, yeah, you're not necessarily wrong. <laughs> Is that patriotism? I I don't think it's crazy. That's definitely nationalism. That's, that's just blind follow. That's the kind of stuff that they do in North Korea. They make, you know, you, you have to sing songs and praise dear leaders that's not freedom that's not what america is supposed to be about and those same people are also just as committed to criticizing the biden administration they don't they say well when trump was president oh you can't criticize the president that's wrong and yet they're the same ones saying that obama wasn't born in the country he shouldn't really be the president uh and they're the ones now saying that that biden didn't even win the election that he's not the real president uh donald trump is still the real president the 19th president. Well, yeah, because I think it goes all the way back to group comparisons where, like you said, it's not about actually having a country where everyone is okay and happy to be free and whatever, you know, rhetoric you want to put out there. But it's about this vision that these people have where they want to have supremacy of one specific group of people over others. And, you know, I say supremacy, like it could be a loaded term, like white supremacy or anything like that, which I mean, it's certainly part of it. It's certainly part of it. But it's just a group idea that lots of people 
people may have. I mean, let's be real here. There's also lots of rhetoric done by the left as well. And it's not the same, but there is a lot of group dynamics that go into general supremacist attitudes compared to others. So what I want to know is, do we consider it even good to have this kind of patriotism at all? Maybe not as extreme as we would have lots of Trumpers at, but we'll say like you're maybe your mainstream Democrat as, because patriotism can be also a big unifier as well, which it is. Gives everyone something, at least something to rally around, where I'm glad you actually brought up Afghanistan, because I was actually talking to um, a couple of students at a university last week, and they were asking about Afghanistan, what's going on, because they were preparing for a debate with the college Republicans. And I asked them, why did our war not work with Afghanistan? Why did the Soviet unions fail in Afghanistan? Why does our version of democracy not succeed? If it works so well here, why does it not work in Afghanistan? And they had no idea. And the answer is, the Afghan people do not view their country the same way we do. They are not patriotic in the country of Afghanistan. In fact, they have a lot more smaller tribalistic allegiances as opposed to the whole country. And that's why they can never get an actual Afghan government supported in Afghanistan because their allegiances were to much smaller units and sects out there in the Middle East. Well, that country was created due to colonialism anyway. It's not well, like sure, yeah. the country of Afghanistan was built by the people that live there. Correct. So even when we're talking about patriotism as well, what we as Americans know as patriotism is specifically an American ideology. And even you have like Western Europe who has patriotism in their own way, which is probably similar to us, but not nearly as extreme, at least I would argue. So what do we consider too far then? Freaking out over the flag? Is that too far? People will scream at you if you drop the flag on the ground. All the Yeah, there are a lot of rules involved with a flag. Right. I mean, is that is that too far or is that patriotic? Personally, I, I feel like the idea, I more, when you talk about the country, I think about it more of our laws and our ideals than I do the anything. Symbols. Yeah, the, the American flag, the bald eagle. That's not America to me. And this is actually, we, we talked about the Joe Biden town hall. One of the things he said, again, whoever writing, writes his speeches is very good, is something that resonates with me. He said the, the country was built on an ideal. And I mean, it's kind of ridiculous given the context that it was written, but the idea that all men are created equal, that to me, I, it doesn't mean it's meaningless, but like I, I like a lot of the other ideas that America's built on. But that that was, you know, what he felt was the great part of America. And he said, we have not lived up to it. Um, and I think that's very important that someone like Joe Biden, who has been in government much longer than I've been alive and is the president, doesn't believe that we've lived up to what a lot of people would consider to be the main idea of America. And that's, I think, the important part is and what separates patriotism to nationalism to me. You, To be a patriot, you should want to live up to those ideals, the idea that your country was founded on, that everyone is equal. But you still have to make that happen. You have to fight for that. Can we broaden that more? Can we say instead of living up to your country's ideals, 
progressing your country in the best possible way. I, because my problem is then like, okay, so then if we live up to our supposed country's ideals and there are some really crappy ideals <laughs> at the founding of our country, I don't know. I Well, that's, but that's what you want to work towards. I mean, we have these ideas, right? The If you read the, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, it all sounds nice. It's all garbage. I mean, you could say all men are created equal, but yet we own slaves. I mean, that's what kind of gigantic contradiction that is. If you just want to ignore the whole, eh, someone who literally owned people and thought they were property wrote that, but that still we can use those words and say, yes, they wrote those words. They did not live up to it, but it's for all of us to make sure that we get there. And that's what you kind of mean by progress. Like you always have to progress. You can, and you can come up with new ideals. It doesn't have to just be, but I mean, those are some lofty ones to live up to that we should all be free. Sure. You know, to have life, liberty, pursuit of happiness and like read the the poem that's on the Statue of Liberty. That's amazing. That's something that we don't live up to. All of those things to me is like, that's America. If you want to say what I'm proud of, it's that we aren't there. We've never done those things, but yes, we should all try to go towards that i think nationalists it's just about the way things are now it's more about an identity yeah it's just it doesn't matter what happens we're just american america's the best don't try changing anything specifically don't try bringing in other people who they don't consider to be american into the country because that makes it dirty that dilutes it somehow well, and that, and again, like that's kind of what we're talking about as well, where you'll see lots of Democrats trying to move America forward, but they get attacked so many times by Republicans and other crazy conservatives. Sure, because, you know, ideas can get attacked, but they go off and say, these are un-American people. Communists, they socialists. Ha- they hate our country. Marxists. Which I find absolutely fascinating because... Critical race theory. Sure, right. But even then, I can also acknowledge that your craziest Trump supporter probably wants a good America. The way that he or she wants to get there is probably insane. I think they have the idea that America was perfect in the 50s. Sure, but even then, they are, you can still say they love America just in their own insane way. Just the America that's in their head. Right. Leave it to Beaver. But they can't do that the other way around. And when it, so when it comes to like a Democrat saying, no, I love America and I want America to change, they hate America by definition then. So, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you can agree with me then. So it is patriotic then to say you can change the country you're a part of. It's never okay to be with the status quo of your own country. You should always want to improve your country. Like, right, it's never perfect. No country in the history of the world has ever been perfect. Which I don't think anyone would even argue right. for. So starting to wrap this up then, the way I see it is going back to how I said I view pride, it's doing something and being a part of something or being a part of work that helps move something in a way I like. So in this case, I could say I have pride in our country or I could say that I'm patriotic because I'm trying to help and do what I can to make my country the best place it can possibly be. And I think that's okay. I don't, my sense of pride or patriotism isn't about supremacy to our other people or other countries it's not static so i'm always changing how i view what patriotic means or what's the best for our country is supposed to mean all i want to do is 
figure out how I can make this best by the ideals I live today. Therefore, I am patriotic. Does that make sense? Something that you're doing for your country. Yeah. It is for the love of the country. Yeah. It, it is interesting, too, that we keep using the word proud. Like it is pride that's involved uh, with a lot of people in the way they get so upset when you do want to either change something or even just discuss the past, right? I, I threw out critical race theory as like a, a boogeyman buzzword there, but that's a big part of it. When we saw the 1619 project and that pushback and still the, the just constant uproar right now with critical race theory is because a lot of what it's focused on is the idea of actually examining the founding of our country through the lens of the people that were subjugated during that time and that no this was a horrible time for millions of people and something that still echoes to this day and really just shining a spotlight on it and saying look at the atrocities that were committed by these people that are revered as the, you know the founders of our country and i think it's pride it's the these people that they're identity is wrapped up in America being the greatest country in the world and you're literally hurting their pride. Well, and like, so I remember a speech I gave when I was graduating from college myself. I used to be in a fraternity and at my senior send-off speech, I let my other fraternity brothers know that there was this weird thing that was going on that other members of the fraternity act superior to other students at the campus because they were a member of my fraternity or of our fraternity. And I had to explain it to them, you're not better because of the letters you wear or of the organization you're a part of. This is so broy. Shut up. It's it's a good example. Leave me alone. I said, whatever, bra. I hate you so much. I said, you make the group better by being the best you can be. And that's how I see patriotism as well. It's not about an identity that you don for people or that you can wear on your sleeve. It's about being the best you can be so you can make the country better and make it something that we can be proud of. Maybe that's a better way to describe patriotism then. I'm sorry. I was... I zoned out during your I beta you. kappa beta oh whatever God, speech you were given. It may it was relevant to the conversation. <laughs> now let's all chug a keg. And- I hate you so much. Fine, whatever. But I will say, so it is possible to be proud of your country. You just have to be careful to make sure that we don't just wear this as an identity or establish it as our identity, that we are better in any way, shape, or form, or that we have to do something because of this label we put upon ourselves. Because at the end of the day, the countries are all nonsense. This is all arbitrary anyway. We made up countries. But you can be proud of the groups of people that you associate with, and you can be proud of the work that you're doing to push your groups of people to become better. And should we focus only on nationalistic things? No, I don't think so. But in the meantime, since we have these tribalistic attitudes anyway, it's okay to be proud of the groups that you're a part of while also looking further beyond the horizon to help others also in need. And maybe at some point, there would be no need for countries and patriotism anymore. And it's going to be a, a global pride. Oh, look at you, Joe, the globalist. I mean, yeah. New world order over here. You're just like trolling everything. I'm having a serious discussion. <laughs> right now it's with your one world governments it's your pbr beer going on over there it's joe rothschild oh my god i hate you so much fine <laughs> you have anything else to say about patriotism usa 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 thank you for listening we hope to see you in the next episode 
You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at ThinkProPod. You can email us at ThinkProPod at gmail.com. And remember, when in doubt, think progressively. Did you get my turtle joke? No, I should. <laughs> so it's translated from Terrapin, Terrapin's turtle. Oh my God, yeah. you're a genius. Look at that. I'm drawing a blank for some reason. Well, because there's a blank. Wah, right wah, 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 wah. That was the joke, Joe. Oh, <laughs> it's really good. I can explain the joke for you, so it's all good. <laughs> but they get blown so many times. Uh, what? Yeah. I, uh, talking about Bill Clinton? Yep, exactly. Let me rephrase all that.